welcome to episode 41 of the Tech Done Right podcast, TableXI's podcast about building better software, careers, companies, and communities. I'm Noel Rappin. In this episode, we're talking about technical apprenticeships with Megan Tew of Women Who Code. Megan and I have both run apprenticeships at our various companies, so we're going to tell you how they work. Uh, we're also joined by TableXI's current apprentice cohort, Kara Carroll and Alyssa Ramsey, who will tell you a little bit about what it's like to be an apprentice. We'll talk about what an apprenticeship is, why it's not an internship, and how your company will benefit from having an apprentice program. Before we start the show, I do have a few quick messages. TableXI is offering training for developer and product teams. Topics include testing, improving your legacy JavaScript, career development, and agile team process. For more information, email us at workshops at tablexi.com or see the entire list at tablexi.com slash workshops. We also have a free email course and tools for improving your company's career growth and goal strategy, which you can find at stickynote.game. And we actually will talk a little bit about the Sticky Note game in this very podcast. And I haven't mentioned it at the top of the podcast much recently, but if you like the show, a review on Apple Podcasts would be great and really does help people find the show. And so here's my conversation with Megan, Kara, and Alyssa. I would like everybody to introduce themselves. So first of all, Megan. Hey, I'm Megan Tew. Uh, I'm an engineer manager with Winu Code, and uh, I previously ran an apprenticeship at my former company. I love being able to help grow other developers, and that's the one of the best ways to do it. Uh, and in addition, we have TableXI's current apprenticeship cohort. Alyssa, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, I'm Alyssa. Um, I am a full-stack developer um, and becoming more and more of a Rails developer uh, during this apprenticeship. And yeah. I really love being here at TableXI and learning every day. And Kara. Sure. My name is Kara Carroll. I'm a developer here at TableXI. I'm the apprentice program and uh, career changer. So I'm really excited to be diving more heavily into the, the world of development. Great. And so maybe we should start by defining our terms. Megan, do you want to talk about what an apprenticeship is and how it differs from like an internship or just a, an entry-level developer? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in my mind, an apprenticeship is an entry-level position designed for brand new developers to uh, sustainably grow their knowledge, establish a solid foundation for their craft, and learn from more experienced developers that are their peers. It's a type of program that really focuses on more sustainable growth and and provides a, a pathway for for folks to truly develop their skills and confidence in those skills. As opposed to internships, which tend to, for, in my opinion, tend to focus on more specific work. Um, so maybe you're doing one type of project versus an apprenticeship where you're getting to exposure to lots of different learning opportunities, perhaps you know, working with multiple different teams even. Uh, internships also tend to be a bit shorter term programs. You know, I think we tend to, when we think about internships, we tend to think about college interns um, who tend to stay on for about that one semester that they're employed uh, with the company. And then after that semester, they're gone. But apprenticeships, on the other hand, so the program that I ran was four months long. And I know many other programs that are longer, um, even as much as a year or more. Internships also, I think, tend to have a bit of a negative connotation. Oftentimes, you'll hear folks joking about relegating more dirty work to interns, things that, you know, they don't want to do, maybe writing documentation or things like that. But apprenticeships in general, I find have a much more positive connotation. They're, they're about growth and learning instead of grunt work. <laughs> yeah. In my experience, an internship is about like somebody learning what a workplace is like. 
whereas an apprenticeship is more about building like actual professional skills. That that pretty much tracks with how our apprenticeship works. Our, ours happens to be six months. I have heard about one year programs. I think we just talked to somebody where they do not quite an apprenticeship, a two year apprenticeship, but but a two year entry level program that's that's very similar. Yeah, the apprenticeship is is sort of fixed length and often has a, sort of an option to continue or not to continue at the end of it. But we we can go through the whole process, like from your perspective, first of all, Megan. Like, where do you look for the people that you hire for your apprenticeships? What I found actually is that there is such a huge demand for, especially here in Atlanta, for apprenticeship and other entry level development positions that sourcing for me hasn't been an issue, honestly. Because there's such a such a need for these kinds of programs, I tend to reach out in more organic channels. Um, even social media tweeting about our program tends to garner uh, lots of attention. There are so many different people out there looking for opportunities. They're excited to get going with engineering, but they just haven't found the folks that are willing to theoretically take a chance on them. Um, and so I tend to be able to actually go through the community uh, in that respect. So social media, going through the community. I formerly organized the Atlanta chapter of Rails Girls and have a pretty war- large network from doing that and knowing a lot of different folks coming up through boot camps and things, talking to people at meetups. Lots of different folks are ready and willing and they're they're showing up at local meetups usually. Karen, Alyssa, what was the process like in the interview side? I know on the TableXI side, you didn't explicitly interview for an apprenticeship the first time you went through, but were you looking at other apprenticeships? Like what made this kind of program appealing to you in your job hunt? I would say uh, just the fact that since I was, I'd recently come out of a boot camp, I'd worked on teams before, but it was never in uh, an actual professional setting where I'm built like working on a website that's already out there that like working on a, uh, a very large code base. Those were things that I hadn't done yet. And even though I was looking for entry level positions, I did want to uh, still be in a position where I could learn more. Um, like originally being a, a JavaScript full, full stack JavaScript developer, I was like, well, there are a lot of Rails jobs out there and I like learning languages. So getting the opportunity to do something like that was also something I was interested in. Kara, what did it feel like from your perspective? I had graduated from the boot camp. I went to a few years behind, like a few years back. So I've already had a few varied experiences in the industry, but a large amount of them were under the precipices of teaching. So having not been in a... 100% development kind of environment in the tech industry specifically. I felt like being able to have an on-ramping kind of experience where I was able to not only utilize the knowledge that I already had, but be able to be in a space where my experience is is going to be kind of more uh, curated and that I would be able to have a lot more opportunity to learn was much more important to me than trying to get a position at a company that was looking to have somebody hit the ground running in a way that wouldn't allow me to better evaluate uh, a good fit in that space. So one of the things that's really interesting to me about now versus what I was trying to do uh, when I first became associated with apprenticeships about seven or eight years ago is that boot camps were not a thing then. So we mostly had people who were self-taught career changers or people who uh, 
had very entry-level jobs in one part of the tech industry and were looking to make a change, like a lateral change in the tech industry that required a lot of learning. And it's interesting to me that boot camps, uh, the boot camp people come out often very enthusiastic, often having a lot of like baseline knowledge, but not having team experience as being kind of like the ideal person to bring into an apprenticeship kind of situation. Megan, how do you organize your apprenticeship over time? Like, what does it look like? When do people start doing real projects? Like, what's the arc of it? How does it work over the course of the four months? Ideally, they're once they get in and start the program, they've got about two weeks that we expect they're going to be onboarding. So learning our stack, learning um, what our different applications do, learning more about working with a larger production code base. Because we find that the folks that we've had come through the program had never worked with a code base as large as ours had been. And so sort of figuring out ways to acclimate them to that and then to being a professional developer, right? Like not everything we use to do our jobs in terms of skills and knowledge set is going to be built in there. Um, And so we try to take that onboarding period and give them uh, what they need to succeed throughout the program. So then after that onboarding period, we try to start them in real, quote unquote, real development work as much as as soon as possible. So we, we break the program down into two phases. Basically, the first phase, they're working on ramping up. So starting out with small, very small projects, like maybe a CSS tweak here or there, um, fixing a bug, maybe some small um, internal facing projects. And then moving forward from there into the second phase of the program, being that they're rotating with different development teams. So they'll be doing typical product user-facing work side by side with other developers. And in that time that, you know, they're either pair programming or working on the thing solo, but either way, the, the work is, is as much typical development work as you would expect. Yeah. We have kind of, we've gone back and forth at TableXI over the kind of times we've run the apprentice program about when to put apprentices into direct billable client projects, when to have them do internal projects and, and, and that kind of thing, when we feel comfortable you know, with that. One of the things we did this time is that Kara and Alyssa were put like immediately onto a, a legacy, fairly decent sized legacy code base. And we started them on client work. We, we gave them a short ramp and we had some time where we were doing things that were not necessarily like on the client roadmap. We were kind of like just making some changes that we weren't directly billing, but, but for the most part, starting directly into client work. And I guess, Karen, Alyssa, my question is like, how did that feel? Was that what you were hoping to do? Do you feel like uh, you got the opportunity to ramp up that you wanted? You know, What was it like? For me, I was very appreciative of that. I think that one of the major, I think, pitfalls of some programs is that you don't get to get to a place where you are contributing in a way that you can see the results or you know, there's a lot of stories of, that folks have where they are building things and they just never see the result come to fruition. And so I think being able to have that kind of turnaround on our end was really exciting and creates a lot of confidence for what we're able to do, I think. Yeah, for me, I really liked the sort of on-ramp period um, and how it just sort of blended into really getting digging in and creating new features on an actual website. Um, I know for me, even just like the, the little victories that I saw with small fixes and whatnot, just getting familiar with the code base, it was 
like really rewarding and really motivating. And that sort of made me feel also less intimidated by the fact that I was suddenly working with such a huge code base. Um, so yeah, I would say that experience was, was pretty great. And that's what we found in the process as well, is that with apprentices, yes, they're there to grow and to learn, and that's what they're excited to be doing. But ultimately, they're just like anyone else, right? Apprentices want their work to have meaning. We all want, I think, our work to have some sort of use or purpose. And uh, while a lot of programs that I've heard about or researched tend to have more structured educational time where they're doing abstract work, maybe they're working on code katas. I've definitely found that putting folks on uh, real actual work that affects the systems that other folks are working in is more rewarding and, and more exciting for folks that are in the program. Yeah. From our perspective at Table XI, like the apprenticeship is a paid position and we, you know, are an hourly billing consulting company for the most part, or at least a, a time-based billing company for the most part. So we, we need to, you know, it, it helps to offset the cost of the apprentice program if a lot of it is going to client billing. So it's that's helpful. And we, we tried to set up a situation where we had a client project where we, we could set people up to be successful. Uh, the apprentice program that I first worked on asked the apprentice to create uh, their own side project that they would work on like exclusively over the first couple months and then gradually less and less as they they sort of blended into client work but it was they basically had the ability to like pick some kind of web app that they wanted to build and would would use we would treat that like a real project and and have like a small IPMs and planning meetings and things like that and and daily standups and that was okay it, it got people doing something they were interested in and it sort of offset some of the onboarding cost of of starting on a new project um, but I, I kind of like having people work on real projects when they can. What kinds of things, Megan, do you do in your program to help learning? What kind of structured learning time and opportunities do you give? We tend to give them plenty of built-in unstructured time, actually. So while we structure, you know, in that we, we can account for at least, you know, 80% of the time is going to be working on things that we've assigned. So set like work we've set aside or work that they're working on with their teams. We try to at least know that they're going to have extra time to pursue things that maybe we didn't account for that they're interested in learning or other gaps that there might be in the work that we're doing. And so we, let, we, we give them access to different uh, video tutorial sites. We give them access to or time to run through different tutorials, different um, watch different videos, things like that, um, and ensuring that they're properly able to pursue their interests and things like that in the learning process. Kara or Alyssa, what kinds of things do you feel like you've had the opportunity to learn through the project and also through you know other things that you've had been had the opportunity to sort of do in other time? There's a pretty large variety in sort of the ways in which we can learn here at Table XI. Like we have these regular lunch and learns, which can be tech focused. Sometimes they could just be about whatever. So those have been great, uh, as well as the another weekly event type of thing is currently called Snack and Study. I know Noel has wanted to change the name for quite a while now. Noel created the name and also wants to change it. <laughs> But um, those have been great, too, because we basically pull in other developers or DevOps people or uh, QA people, and they could just come in and talk about sort of certain things that they think we should know. And that has also been really great. Uh, I don't know if Kara has anything else to add to that. 
I think, yeah, I would definitely second the snack and study as being one of my favorite things, you know, in our ability to kind of like hear what other developers are talking about, both inside of Table XI and outside, or we're watching, you know, different conference talks and that kind of thing. I feel like I've been able to spend a lot of time mastering a lot more of my own development environment um, and really keep an eye on the discussions that people are having. So that really gives me a lot of insight into like what kind of discussions I want to involve myself with as a developer. I think those are a few of the things that I, I feel like I've been learning here and I've been excited about. There's also pairing. Um, we're encouraged to pair and yeah, I hope to keep pairing even more. But yeah, that's a really cool thing uh, about being here as well as an apprentice. Yeah, one of my favorite things that I established was Parapalooza, which is going to happen in July. <laughs> and we're going to be, <laughs> you know, inundating all of our coworkers with um, invitations to pair with us and um, just kind of exposing ourselves to so many different ways that people engage in the work that they're doing here um, and just broaden our understanding of the way that people develop. So I'm like, Really excited about doing that as well. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> I love that idea of Parapalooza. I might have to steal that. <laughs> Actually made a zine for it, so I will definitely send it to you. Yes, please. <laughs> so why don't you tell me a little bit about, Megan, first of all, like what kind of other support and career growth support that you have for apprentices? And then Karen Alessa, you can talk about like how you feel like this is contributing to sort of career growth and understanding what your long-term goals are. Yeah, so there are a few different things we try to do with our apprentices to ensure that this program isn't just for for them while they're here or for, for our benefit. It's for them at the beginning of their careers and trying to set them up for that long-term success. So some of the ways we do this, uh, they get a dedicated mentor. So um, someone that they have like the cut they can go to specifically for any technical questions they might have any non-technical questions they might have, like, what is it like, you know, doing this kind of job here? Or what is it like working on this kind of part of the code base? Their mentor acts as sort of a gateway to the rest of the company as well. So like, again, if they, you know, the apprentice has questions about working in a part of the code base that they have no experience with and neither does their mentor their mentor can like set up conversations or pairing or whatever it may be with another engineer on the team. In addition to dedicated mentorship, they get a manager as well um, to sort of help them on their path and ensure that all the goals of the program are being realized for that specific individual. And in sort of setting them up for coming onto the company as a full-time software engineer after being an apprentice we also give them these role sheets. So we basically say, here's what we expect of our software engineer ones or our equivalent of the junior engineer. And so here's what we expect. So once by the end of the program, we want you to be hitting all of these, if not most of these things on the list. And those are things like ensuring that your work performs as intended as you're developing it and leaning on your more experienced peers for, for knowledge, for assistance. And then there are some less structured things we do to ensure that growth. Um, one of my favorites being we do this book club style reading of the book Apprenticeship Patterns by Dave Hoover and Adewale Oshinye. And it's a really fantastic book that was really influential for me as I was coming up as a developer. And it gives, the, it gives uh, our apprentices a fantastic way to sort of structure their thinking about their career as developers in the long term. So we really enjoyed that as well. 
I'm looking over my shoulder at my copy of that book. I used to work with David Abtiva and and uh, you know with that those apprentices and and I actually don't think uh, I've shown it to Karen Alyssa. So I think I'm gonna as soon as this is done, put it in my bag and bring it to work. Definitely recommended. <laughs> yeah, I actually have that book. Uh, having worked with Dave Hoover at Dev Bootcamp, or you know, having gone through that program, it was definitely something that we talk about through the program. So I, mean, I would be I would be really excited to read it alongside of some other folks. So structurally, at Table XI, the, the program works similarly. Uh, the, the the apprentices have a mentor. Um, Karen Alyssa, unfortunately, have me. And, and have a little bit more structured time with the mentor than a regular entry-level developer would. We make a little bit more time and, and give a little bit more space for, for conversations about that. Like, How do you feel like that's working out? This is your chance to, to say how good or bad I am as a mentor in front of you know thousands of people. Do, do you feel like you have support or when you have questions that they get answered or when you have not just questions about the code base, but questions about what to learn next, what, where to go, like, do you get that kind of support? Yeah, having you as a sponsor, or just like, I mean, since it isn't just a thing for apprentices here at TableXI, it's for everyone. Yeah, having a sponsor and someone who's there, even just to make sure that you're, you're learning as much as you want to, and you're connecting with the people that you need to connect to, has been a really good thing. Yeah, I don't know if I should talk about the sticky note game yet uh, as a part of this. <laughs> you so. can talk about it a little bit. We, we, we've talked about it, I think, a little bit on this before and probably will again. But yeah, you can go ahead and talk about it. Okay. Well, one thing that sponsors do uh, periodically, I think it's every six months Yep. as it is, or every three every six months, they sit down, the sponsor, sponsee, and someone else, and you talk about your goals just in general um, and you write them all on sticky notes. And then after putting them up on a piece of paper, you try to figure out, like group them up and then see which ones you really want to work on for the next six months. And basically the sponsor and whoever else, one of your other coworkers is there in the room with you. They sort of help you figure out uh, what those goals should be or how they could help you out with one of your goals that you deemed uh, particularly important. So was there something that surfaced in the sticky note game or, or early on that you've been able to sort of pursue as a goal? Um, well, for me personally, I know I've wanted to get back into working with some React and also maybe getting into mobile development a bit. Um, and I have managed to pair with some people on that and also um, connecting with front end, like more front end people that are working with React and also uh, with designers. Uh, just the fact that other people here at Table XI know that those are my goals is helping me do those things and connect with those people. Yeah, for me, I think that having the knowledge that uh, sponsorship is something that Table XI overall does, um, but knowing that we have more time and ability to kind of spend conversations to increase our understanding of, of where we're at, be able to kind of have action plans for what we're doing and really have like a safe space. We're able to uh, kind of go through the kind of emotional cycle of what we're doing as well as an apprentice. We're in some level being evaluated for that whole time frame. So I think it's really valuable that that's something that's really important to everyone and that we have a feeling of, of being supported and, and being able to kind of see that people are waiting for us to go and like break things or <laughs> go and, um, you know, really try and take risks um, to kind of 
stretch our learning for the time that we are apprentices. Uh, I've, I've found that to be really um, important and um, comforting to know that that's kind of the mindset that people have for the apprentice, ro- the apprenticeship role here. That actually raises a kind of interesting question for Megan. How do you evaluate the apprentices and, and what is your process for deciding, you know, whether you continue on with them? How do you, how do you manage those logistics? So the role sheet that we give them at the very beginning saying, hey, we want these things to be, we want you to be doing these kinds of things by the time the program ends. We keep track of that on a regular basis in one-on-ones through their, with their manager, as well as consulting with their mentor to ensure that not only do we as the people that are working with them feel that they're on track to meet those goals, but also that they themselves feel like they're hitting those goals. The mentor and manager work on one version and the apprentice work on another. And we want to make sure that if, for example, the apprentice thinks that they're not doing too well on uh, goal A, well, maybe you know the folks that are working with them think they're doing fantastic on that. And so we want to make sure that they're moving forward with that and that they feel confident in themselves and in their skills. Um, and on the sort of the flip side of that, and uh, keeping track of this regularly, you know, if we feel that they're not meeting one of the goals as well as they could be at whatever point in time, there's time to correct because we're able to do that regularly and consistently and keeping the, that sort of same standard and rubric up to date. Yeah, I think that that kind of feedback is really important. We, we've struggled a little bit with how, at least logistically, to handle the evaluation. But one of the things that we really do try to do is make sure that feedback that's surfaced, you know, in querying people that the apprentices are working with, like gets back to them so that, it, you know, if there's something that they need to work on or or could use a little bit more, you know, exposure to that we try to get that in kind of a, a, a timely way. But I do feel like it's hard to, to balance that with like not having everybody feel like they're, you know, I, one of you said uh, being evaluated all the time, which is not how I want it to feel. And I wonder like Kara or Alyssa, how you feel about the inherent like, short-term nature of the apprenticeship? For me personally, because we've had like meetings with you and also just a chance to talk to um, other people every day here at TableXI, um, even people that we we aren't on a team with, at least me personally, (laughs) I always get the feeling that like, okay, I'm valued here. Uh, People are, you know, they want me to learn. They like having me here. And yeah, just the fact that I get feedback from you as a sponsor on a regular basis, kind of, it makes that sort of uh, continual evaluation not feel so uh, stifling, I guess. I don't know that you can necessarily take away fully the feeling of being evaluated when you're in a program because there is an end date to a program. At the same time, I think that the way that we have been able to interact with everyone else and feel seen as peers and make sure that that is definitely the air that, you know, that we consistently exemplify throughout the company, that it really reduces that from being an anxiety inducing type of a feeling of being evaluated to a feeling that I'm being supported and everybody wants me to win kind of environment. Um, and I feel like those are two different kinds of feelings, but it doesn't negate the fact that that feeling would continue to persist just for the fact that you're in a program. 
Okay, Megan, here's the bigger picture question. Why would you t- say that a company should start an apprentice program? Like what have you and, and the companies that you've worked at and done this at, what do they get out of it? Why should people do it? Yeah, honestly, it's an amazing experience for so many different reasons. It sort of depends, I guess, on what your goals are as a company. A lot of times, you know, in sort of justifying this type of program, you have to talk about the monetary gain and, and sort of like, you know, I discussed earlier how it was easy for us to source candidates and you can sort of contrast that with how it can often be very difficult to hire senior engineers, especially considering paying recruiters to source candidates and things like that. But this kind of program also helps with hiring those seniors, actually, in that, you know, long term, when you're able to show that this kind of program, you know, you're, you're invested in the growth and the learning of your team and your apprentices, you, you can you can sort of say, hey, this is this is what we're about as a company. Come learn and grow with us. And of course, you know, I think apprenticeships are, are so fantastic. I mean, when you already have a team of experienced people that are sort of set and ready to go, they, they have plenty of knowledge to share and to to give to others. And so apprenticeships are a great way to sort of bring up fantastic folks from the community, folks that are, you know, more junior on the junior side that can learn a lot from even just sitting next to, you know, a more experienced engineer. So it's really, once you've built up a sort of experienced developer team, there's almost no loss there. You know, it's, it's such a big benefit for the community and for the specific team members in general. And having this kind of program I've seen does foster this culture of learning and growth and sharing knowledge within a team that's definitely something I experienced in running this apprenticeship is that, you know, once we, we had these, these really excited, eager folks that were just like ready to code and, and ready to go, that uh, more of our team members were, and were thinking about, you know, what we can do to long-term help other people that are coming into our code base, people that are of different skill levels and things like that. You know, the team just got generally more excited because there were, there was a, different energy there, you know, people that are, that are, that are excited to sort of wrap that up is apprenticeships I find, you know, are, are so fantastic in so many different ways, but um, really help, I think, build up a sustainable, long-term, healthy engineering organization that values learning and growth and things like that. Yeah. One, one specific thing that we saw, we've seen at TableXI is it allows developers who are not necessarily senior developers to have a mentoring experience. Even if it's just a pairing experience, it allows people who are also still relatively early in their careers to have an experience on the more senior side of a, a mentorship, which is a great thing, I think. Also, this is the, the, from the, like the, uh, talk by Catherine Wu, uh, junior developers' superpower is asking questions. Apprentices' double superpower is asking questions. <laughs> and, and yeah, the, the the thing about like, you know, suddenly on our project, like we redid the, the readme for setup because it hadn't been looked at for a while and it made some assumptions about, you know, uh, people's setups and a lot of why do we do things this way? Why don't we do them this way? And those questions are are great to have to answer. Like it's it's you know whether the whatever the resolution of it is, like the process of of, of thinking through the answer to that question uh, is a value valuable experience for the whole team. 
Um, so yeah, and it's great. And I think that also like as a signal of your, your team's culture of learning, it's also really, really outstanding. Megan, what's one other thing you would want people to know about running apprenticeships? And then uh, Karen and Alyssa, what are, what, are, what are one thing that you want people to know about being in an apprenticeship? Apprenticeships are such a great way to grow other people. And like you said, Noel, sort of a great way to gain leadership experience and mentorship experience. At the end of the day, it's also a great exercise in empathy, I find. One of the key things I took in in crafting our program was constantly thinking about what the apprentices would be experiencing at any given point in the process, whether it was you know interviewing with us for the position or just getting in and starting um, and being a little overwhelmed with all the new things there are, or you know later on down in the program where they're looking forward to the sort of the next step of their careers and at, at the company. We were able to be very empathetic and, and figuring out the always crafting the sort of best program and the best choices through thinking about what they really needed and what they would be feeling at any given time. Um, so apprenticeships provide so much benefit, but I think that's one of the the greatest things is like this different perspective on what your code base is like, what it's like to dive in there and going forward, you know, what do we need to document to make this even more of a welcoming place to be? And what should people know about being an apprentice? There's just so much value in being an apprentice. I think a lot of times there's a perspective of the apprentice getting an opportunity to learn, being exposed to new things or to senior developers. But as an apprentice, we also have an amazing amount of value. And I think, um, Nolan, Megan, you, you touched on it a little bit around like, being able to ask the right questions, being able to, you know, question why things are happening the way they do. And also being able to, as you said, Megan, give people an understanding that you're creating like a, a more a healthier ramp for, for folks to really uh, be able to take a load, a more balanced load of work that's going on in your company. It's like as an apprentice, or, or if you're thinking about being an apprentice, I think that should be something that's definitely on your mind that you are also bringing a lot of value of like your fresh perspective, your experiences in the other industries you work in and, you know, your ability to break things and take risks in a, in a supportive way. Those are all the things that you're bringing uh, to that company when you are an apprentice. I think apprenticeships are great for people who like me, maybe did not start off in the tech field, um, maybe have very little experience with computer science or maybe none whatsoever. And all you've done is, you know, sort of fall in love with coding at the age of 30 and say like, you know what, this seems cool. I'll try it. Um, and I know uh, boot camps can be pretty tough. And sometimes even after you come out of them, you're like, wow, do I really have what it takes to get into an entry level position? Like, do I really know everything I need to know? And of course, like being a developer, it's like, no, <laughs> you're never going to know everything. But the thing with the apprenticeships is that uh, you have the chance to learn more and really see um, how everyone else is learning around you. So, yeah, that's why I would really encourage anyone coming out of boot camp. If you feel like you're maybe a little bit overwhelmed, like apprenticeships could possibly be the thing for you. And I really hope there will be more of them in the future. Great. Thank you. Um, if people want to be in touch with you and continue a discussion about apprenticeships, where can they reach you, Megan? Probably the best way is on Twitter. I am at Megan Tiu, M-E-G-A-N-T-I-U on Twitter. I'm also, my website's 
megantu.com. So feel free to shoot me an email through there. But yeah, Twitter is probably the easiest way to get in touch. And Kara? You can email me at hala at kara.codes or kara at tablexi. Or you can find me on the internet somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Alyssa? Um, For me, I don't tweet or anything like that, but you can email me at Alyssa at TableXI. Great. Thank you all. Apprenticeships are really important to me, and I'm glad that all of you are a part of that movement in the different ways that you are. And thanks for being on the show. Tech Done Right is a production of TableXI and is hosted by me, Noel Rappin. I'm at Noel Rapp on Twitter, and TableXI is at TableXI. The podcast is edited by Mandy Moore. You can reach her on Twitter at the Ruby Rap. Tech Done Right can be found at techdoneright.io or downloaded wherever you get your podcasts. You can send us feedback or ideas on Twitter at tech underscore done underscore right. TableXI is a UX design and software development company in Chicago with a 15-year history of building websites, mobile applications, and custom digital experiences for everyone from startups to storied brands. Find us at tablexi.com where you can learn more about working with us or working for us. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next episode of Tech Done Right. Tech Done Right.